Welcome to another edition of Anthony T's Horror and Wrestling Show. I'm Anthony T. In this edition, it's a mini episode. Normally, I would start with the news, but next segment, I have more thoughts on Halloween Ends. That's right, the film that really got me in an uproar last episode. I still have more thoughts on that film. Literally. Then I will have a preview of Rhode Island Comic Con, which is celebrating its 10th anniversary this year. The event's going to be taking place November 4th through the 6th at The Amp. That's right, The Amp. Amica Mutual Pavilion, formerly known as the Dunkin' Donuts Center and Rhode Island Convention Center. I will be joined with Philip Perone from Doc Discussions Podcast, as will be talking about the upcoming convention. Then in What's Anthony T. Watching, I'll review a film that was announced one month before its release date. That's right. It's a Marvel horror film that was announced literally pretty much around one month before its release date on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, you can't make this up. I never knew this film existed until D23, that took place this past September, then premiered in October. So, love how films are made in secret. Seriously. So, I'll give you my thoughts on Werewolf by Night at the end of this podcast. Speaking of thoughts, I'll be back with more thoughts on Halloween Ends. Hi, I'm Anthony T. And I'm director Andrew Duran, and we are the Two from Hell. And we're putting Rated R back into podcasting. Every month, we will be dropping an episode on the Doc Discussions Network. We'll be chatting about some of our favorite films, news, reviews, and maybe interviews. You can find Two From Hell on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcast providers. And don't forget to like us on Facebook and Instagram at Two From Hell Podcast. Trust me, you're seriously not going to want to miss the show. Welcome back. Now, yours truly, last episode, kindly ripped Halloween ends to shreds. So why are we still talking about this on this podcast? Well, first of all, I just wanted to get off more things off my chest on this film because, well, A, this was quickly done. This episode, last episode, was quickly done to the point that there was, like, maybe, like, five days turnover from start with Halloween Ends review to finishing up production on the Tuesday of that week, then out Wednesday, and I kind of had more of a rushed reaction of this film because I want to kind of break this down more. Because, quite frankly, this was a really bad film from start to finish. Now, first of all, Halloween Ends is supposed to be the end of a trilogy. Meaning, all bets are off. I never got that sense in Halloween Ends, quite frankly. Instead, this film really felt like a completely different film. It felt like a different film. It didn't feel like a Halloween film. It didn't feel like a Halloween film in this timeline. Instead, we get a separate film, which could have easily been its own film. 
the Corey Cunningham story. That whole thing about introducing a new character, which you should never do in an end of a trilogy, is introduce that new character and make him be the focal point of this film. That's what is one of the main problems with this film. The fact that Corey Cunningham was the main character, pretty much. Never did I ever get the sense that Michael Myers was the main character. Never did I get a sense that Laurie Strode was the main character. It was Corey Cunningham. He was, like, probably in this film the most in this film besides Laurie Strode, if not even more than Laurie Strode. Because I got that feeling. It felt like that. And you cannot have that in a third pot. Second... You are advertising this film as the big showdown between Laurie Strode and Michael Myers. Well, this film did not feel like that. This film felt like the Corey Cunningham show for about a good hour, hour and a half. Halloween Ends is basically a 30-minute movie, if best. Maybe 20 minutes. Because this literally felt like lazy writing. It's like David Gordon Green, Danny McBride, and everybody else didn't know what to do with the third film. There's a simple reason. Let Michael Myers go off on the town. How hot is that? And I knew this four-year time jump, which I talked about on this podcast, was a dumb idea. So much so that last year at the Horror Whammies, I thought that was the worst idea of 2021. Well, I was proven right. Because that four-year time jump allowed for a lot of lazy writing. They should have started this film at the end of Kills. I saw the extended cut, saw the ending where Lori goes out of that hospital with a knife. That's what ends should have started off with. Not four years later, or a year later, where we get Corey Cunningham babysitting somebody, then accidentally killing somebody. I don't get it. It's just lazy writing. Then David Gordon Green decides, you know what? Maybe I should stop trying ideas for The Exorcist reboot, which is slated to come out next year. Maybe I'll have Corey Cunningham go down the sewer. Spoiler alert. Now we're going to talk spoilers from here on in. Corey Cunningham goes down the sewer. He finds Michael Myers. Michael grabs him. You expect Michael Myers to kill him. Instead, he just stares at him, looks at him at the eye, and he kind of like possesses him. And it's like, you know what? You're my kind of friend, quite frankly. What? That's not the Michael Myers I know. The Michael Myers I know would get rid of Corey Cunningham right then and there. I don't get David Gordon Green. I think he was trying out ideas for the Exorcist reboot with that film. Seriously. That's only the reason why Halloween Ends exists. And it's sad. It's probably going to end up in my library because, well, I, you always want to keep the whole t trilogy. I'm one of those people that has the whole trilogy to everything, even though it, films suck. I have every Hellraiser film. I have every Halloween film from the original series, but it just really... That might have been the worst film I've seen all year, quite frankly, seriously. But then again, to make matters worse, 
My production company, Dumb House Productions, already has a film done. Literally. Done. They sent to me the trailer, too. It was like they shot this film in 48 hours. You know these 48-hour film festivals? That's what, I guess, happened. Then they sent out screeners, and they also got a couple reviews of this film, too, which is amazing. All this probably between episodes. It's amazing. I don't know how they do it. I'm surprised. It's like I go away on vacation, then I get a trailer from my production company, Dumbhouse Productions. If you don't know what Dumbhouse Productions is, it is the only motion picture company that releases films without using a camera. They sent this trailer for a film called Cunningham. Dumbhouse Productions presents the most anticipated horror film of 2022. Cunningham. Time to go to bed. Something bad might happen to you if you don't go to bed. Cunningham. An absolute masterpiece. The New York Daily Gazette. I don't know any anybody. Sure. I love you, Corey. Cunningham. A love story. You're the greatest thing that happened to me in my life. Ow, ow. Yeah. Murderer. Uh, no, do not throw me down there. No, don't throw me down. No. Bye bye. <laughs> Cunningham. A story about friendship. Oh, this dark cave. We're gonna be best friends and killing buddies. Cunningham. I don't wanna see you with my daughter ever again. Because I've seen evil and you're evil. Cunningham. No, no, we're sorry. We're sorry, Cory. <laughs> Stephen Carpenter has seen the next big horror icon, and his name is Cunningham. Ha! If I can't be with your daughter, I'll make sure you're not. Cunningham, coming soon to theaters, and Dumbhouse Plus. Ha ha! I got your mask! Ha ha! I got your mask! Cunningham, coming soon to theaters, into streaming on Dumbhouse Plus. Every day there's a family struggling with hospital bills to care for their sick child who is fighting an illness. There's a woman who is fighting breast cancer and is having trouble making ends meet while paying for their treatment. And there are burn victims that are going through treatments to heal their deep wounds. There is a charity in the horror community that helps these people. Scares That Care is an organization that helps families deal with the bills for their child. They help women 
get the treatment they need to fight breast cancer and they help people who are dealing with severe burns get the help they need to heal. Scaresack Care is a 100% volunteer organization and 501c3 nonprofit charity that is dedicated to helping these people in fighting real monsters. To find out more information or to donate to Scares That Care, you can go to www.scaresthatcare.org. Every donation helps Scares That Care fight real monsters. Dark Discussions, your place for the discussion of horror film, fiction, and all that's fantastic. A weekly podcast here, the discussion is about the most recent horror and genre films. Intelligent talk on a genre that deserves intelligence. A conversation between co-hosts discussing not only the film, but also the connotation that the directors and screenwriters are trying to articulate. When you want more than a review, listen to Dark Discussions. And speaking of perception, there's just one more scene I want to talk about, which is after Caleb discovers that Kyoto's a robot, Kyoto kind of peels off her skin, showing him what's underneath. Now, wait a minute. I know where you're going with this, but tell me you weren't already thinking this 15 minutes earlier in the film. Exactly what he's thinking at that moment. Which is he's a robot, too. Oh, I considered the possibility. Right, and that's what I like, is the fact that the writers are smart enough to know that this is what the audience would be thinking. We've all seen Blade Runner. <laughs> right. Exactly. www.darkdiscussions.com Wherever podcasts are found. Welcome back. I'm here with Philip Perone from Dark Discussions Podcast as we're here to preview the upcoming Rhode Island Comic Con 10th anniversary show that's taking place November 4th through the 6th at the Rhode Island Convention Center and the AMP. That's right, the AMP. Amica Mutual Pavilion, formerly known as the Dunkin' Donuts Center. How are you doing today, Philip? Good, good. Yeah, that, that's news to me. I did not know uh, it was renamed. How about that? Yeah, they renamed it. Trust me, I want it back as the Dunkin' Donuts Center. Right. I, I, I just love the ring, the dunk. Yeah, yeah, sure. It works well with sporting event, events, the amp, but... Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I saw uh, Elton John at the Dunkin' Donuts Center, so that, you know, so I'm, I'm used to it. As you know, it's been called that for years. So now the change—it's like, uh, what are you gonna do? Yep. All right, we are here to talk about the upcoming show. This will be our second time. Actually, this is your second time going. I've been going pretty much every year that this convention's been ex- in existence, which, with the exception of the year they canceled because of COVID. Yeah, it's been tough, uh, closing it down and stuff. But yeah, this will be my second year. Uh, I went last year. Uh, it was a really good time. I felt it was the best convention of any, uh, genre. 
I've ever been to. Uh, you know, so horror, sci-fi, fantasy, thrillers, Marvel, um, su- you know, superhero stuff, all that stuff. This Rhode Island Comic Con from last year was my favorite I've ever been to. So, uh, hoping uh, this one is as good. Yeah, I'm hoping so too because I'm very excited. It's the 10th year anniversary show. And they really brought out a really good lineup, I think, this year. We'll start off with the headliners. Yeah, let's do that. We have Alicia Silverstone from Clueless, Batman and Robin, The Crush. If you want to go deep into her filmography, we have Asher Angel from Shazam. In the upcoming Shazam sequel, as Shazam is one of the big themes at this convention. We have Elizabeth Shue from Adventures in Babysitting, Karate Kid. Piranha 3D. Piranha 3D, alright. Forgot about that one <laughs> when doing the yep. show notes. Speaking of uh, Alyssa Silverstone, uh, she had a smaller role, but important pivotal role in, in one of my favorite horror films in the past five years, uh, The Lodge. She was she was really good in that. So she she's done a lot of good stuff. And uh back to uh uh Elizabeth Shue, but yeah, yeah, she's she's done a lot of great stuff and even uh was in that uh film uh Leaving Las Vegas where uh, Nicholas Cage won his Academy Award. So she she's pretty big. Yeah, she's done a lot of things in her career. Yep, sure has. You have another guy who's done a, a lot of things in his career is John Cleese. Yep. From Monty yep. Python, the Bond films, Harry Potter. Oh, and what's that TV show that he was in? That was besides uh, Monty Python, that was really good. Uh, Leaning Towers or something. Family like that. Towers. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I yeah. think. Yeah, but yeah, everybody knows him from 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 Monty Python, Fish Called Wander, among many other things. Yep. We have Jared Paladecki, who I know is going to be a big draw because of the okay. supernatural connection and the Walker connection. Yep, that's right. That's right. Uh, and he was also in some. Uh, Horror films like the the House of Wax remake, um, but uh, oh, and, and the Friday the Thirteenth remake, um, and uh, of course, yeah, he's he's mostly well known for Supernatural, and Supernatural's uh, one of the longest running horror shows ever. We also have Guinevere Paladecki coming along as well. She's on Walker. Yep, yep. Yeah, I think they actually met. Um, from that TV show, as a matter of fact. Either, yeah, I'm not sure, but, because I'm not familiar with this incarnation of Walker. No, I meant meant from Supernatural. I think they actually met from Supernatural. She was like a guest star or something, something but I may be wrong. I may be wrong, but that's what what I thought I heard, yeah. We also have Ralph Macchio from The Karate Kid, My Cousin Vinny. Yeah. Oh, and uh, 
uh, what was that, that great movie that he was in with all the, uh, the Outsiders. The Outsiders, yeah. yep. Yeah, that was a great one. We have Stephen Amell from Arrow. We have Don't forget. Well, I'm going. I was just going. Sorry. We have Jason Lee from Mallrats. Yep. Who's for, who I believe is doing his first con. Uh, actually, I don't believe that's true. Uh, I know someone that I'm friends with on Facebook, uh, Talina Knight, is an artist, and uh, she, she actually met him uh, and got an autograph and has a picture of him. So I assume that was at a con, a con where she met him. But that was, like, down in Texas. So uh, this Could, may be the first time in New England, though. Yeah, East Coast, maybe, because that's what... I'm just going by the uh, official site. Okay, yeah. Oh, don't forget Danny Trejo, right? He's Danny Trejo, yep. I was going to get to him yep, because yep. we do have a section for horror guests. Indeed. So he he's always a great person to be around with. And we also have Zachary Levy from Shazam as well. That is playing a big factor in this convention and especially when the new Shazam movie is coming out as well next year too there you go now for wrestlers they have Amy Dumas Lita from back in the Attitude Era Bret Hart the Hitman himself He'll be there only on Saturday. We have Billy Gunn from AEW. That's going to be there all weekend. You're going to have Bubba Ray Dudley, Devon Dudley, both Dudley boys there. I know they've been there before at this convention, but both at different times. This is the first time that they're together at Rhode Island Comic Con. You have Maxwell Jacob Friedman, who will be there Sunday only. That'll be an interesting guest. You never know what will happen when Maxwell Jacob Friedman shows up. You have Soraya, formerly known as Paige in WWE, who will be there on Saturday from 10 to 2 p.m. Sergeant Slaughter, who is a WWE wrestler and was on G.I. Joe, the animated series. Yeah, that's right. And Trish Stratus. Yeah, that's huge. They have a really good wrestling lineup. I'm happy they brought back Lita, Trish Stratus, because I missed them first time around. Can't wait to meet them. I met Sergeant Slaughter last time he came over here. I like to say a couple years ago. Very nice guy. Devon's a very nice guy. So is Bubba Ray. Billy Gunn I haven't seen in years. Since, I don't know, like maybe like third year of this con. Third, fourth year of this con. So he hasn't been there for a while. That is a great wrestling lineup. Moving on to the horror guests. I know you horror fans love 
to see how our guests, especially at Comic Cons, this is not a bad lineup for horror guests. First you have Danny Lloyd from The Shining. Then we, I think, mentioned Danny Treos. James Modson from Hocus Pocus. John Glover from Gremlins 2 and Fear the Walking Dead. John Carroll Lynch from American Horror Story and Zodiac. Mitch Pelegi from Shocker and the X-Files. Peter Weller from Robocop and Leviathan. Robert Patrick from Terminator 2 and the X-Files. And Scott Patterson from Saw 4 and 5. Yeah, a lot of good ones there. Um, uh, some ones, some that you don't see too often too. So, a lot of new names. Yeah, I met Scott Patterson before a couple of years ago, and at another con. Very nice guy. Nice. That's always a good experience. Danny Trails also a very nice guy. He's short. I was shocked when I saw him in person. Yeah. Now for the big themes. First, we got. Supernatural. Listen to the lineup that they have for Supernatural. Mark Shepard, Samantha Smith, Emily Swallow, who's also in The Mandalorian as well, Samantha Ferris, Elania Huffman, DJ Qualls, Jake Abel, and Stephen Williams, whom we both met earlier this year down in Williamsburg, Virginia, at Skiz That Care. Weekend That's right. Eight. Who is a nice guy, too. Yep, yep. That was a nice experience meeting him down over there back in late July, early August. You also have The Walking Dead as well. You have Chad Coleman, Jason Douglas, Seth Gillum, Josh Hamilton, Nadia Hiker, Matt Lintz, Jeremy Paleco, and Michael Rooker. Cobra Kai, you have Ralph Macchio, Willie Baker, Elizabeth Shue, and and Paul Walker Hauser. So they got at least four of them for Cobra Kai this time around. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Now for panels they have at Rhode Island Comic Con, they have a Robert Patrick panel. From Terminator to Peacemaker. How I forgot Peacemaker when we were talking about him, I don't know. But that's a panel that I may check out. Because I'm going to probably head there on Friday anyway. So. Sure, sure. You also got uh, 
Disney voice actors panels. As I believe this maybe two of them. You have a Mandalorian panel. You have a Star Wars panel. Walking Dead panel. You have a Lita and Trish Stratus having their own panel. You also have a stunt panel for Star Wars. Behind the mask and stunts. A My Name is Earl Reunite panel with Jason Lee and Ethan Suplay. If I'm pronouncing it right. You got Power Rangers panel, Masters of Puppetry. Actually, Masters of Puppets panel. Peter Weller panel. Ventures in Babysitting panel. John Cleese panel. You got a ton of panels at this con. Then you got the ones that you have to pay for. Supernatural panel, Walker panel. You have a MASH panel. Clueless panel. A lot of panels. There's a lot of, a lot of good ones there. Um, and, and like you said, uh, only a handful. Uh, you actually have to uh, pay additional. Uh, all the rest are included with uh, full entry to the convention. Yeah, it would be, the only ones you have to pay are the Walker panel and the Supernatural panel. Yeah, and it makes sense. I mean, obviously, uh, they're, they're popular panels, so obviously that would attract uh, people. But since there's just so many people that will want to see the panel, it does make sense that to uh, to put a, a price on it so it's limited seating and all that, you know. Because only so many people can first come, first serve, and, and things of that nature. The Walker panel will be taking place Sunday the 6th at 11 a.m. And the Supernatural panel will be taking place right after that on the 6th at 12 p.m. So it'll be early in the morning on Sunday for both panels. Yeah, that's good. There's a lot of stuff you can do here. We haven't seen the vendors yet. That's always one of the best things about this con. Are the vendors. That actually includes uh, not just vendors, but uh, in the vending area, they they have a lot of the, um, the, uh, what do you call it, the... The artists, you know, and and I, I bought a lot of prints last year, um, and, and so that's 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 a good good thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I usually if you can get posters, you can get Funkos. As I ended up with a probably about three or four Funkos out of Monster Expo, yep. so. You can get pretty much anything at Rhode Island Comic Con. Retro sure. toys, anything. Yep. It's true. So, what are you looking most forward to at this convention? 
Uh, yeah, my favorite part, believe it or not, is actually not the, the guests, but uh, the vendors and the artists. Uh, the vendors and artists are are where you can get a lot of gifts for people. Uh, like my daughter, she's now into uh, jewelry and stuff, so and there's a lot of cool uh, homemade jewelry vendors there. But I also love the artists because I can get um, poster prints and stuff of, of uh, my favorite characters, whether they're superheroes, horror, anime, uh, video games, whatnot. And then, of course, um, uh, the collectible uh, vendors as well. So things like um, uh, toys, uh, action figures, uh, masks, things of that nature. Uh, so that, that's what I always look forward to the most. Yeah, the vendors are always one of the great things. Sometimes the guests as well. I'm kind of like looking forward to... Of course, Lita, Tristratus, a couple people from The Godfather, and Mitch Pelegi as well, from The X-Files, Shocker, as he's done a lot of things as well. Yep, that's true. And maybe Danny Lloyd as well. Oh yeah, from uh, The Shining, right? Yes. As this is probably the first time he's come into this area. I can't remember the last time he was in this area. Yeah, he I, he was at Scares That Care last year, um, or, but uh, I believe. But yeah, this may be the first time he's been in this area. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm just surprised it wasn't a Godfather panel, but then again, it's a Comic Con, so. I can understand. Right. Sure, sure. You can't do everything. Sure, sure, right. Let's wrap it up by saying Rhode Island Comic Con takes place November 4th through the 6th at the AMP, the Amica Mutual Pavilion in Rhode Island Convention Center. Some of you might know it's the Dunkin' Donuts Center. It's the same building, so don't get confused if you see a different name on the building. They recently changed the name to Amica Mutual Pavilion. It's still the same place. Yep. Philip, it was great to have you on to the podcast again. Where well, can they find you your podcasts? Right, right. Well, well first off, uh, anybody that wants to meet up with uh, myself or you or uh, your co-host of uh, Two from Hell, I'm sure he's going to be there as well. Uh, they can they can catch us at the convention. So uh, look out first. Uh, you can always uh, email us or, or look us up on Facebook and let us know you're going to be there and that you want to say hello. And we'll we'll try to uh, set up a, a time to meet you folks. But for folks who are curious where they can find me uh, when I'm not at the convention, uh, they can find uh, me on a number of podcasts. Uh, and that's part of the Dark Discussions News Network, which is www.darkdiscussions.com. Uh, the main podcast is Dark Discussions Podcast, which talks weekly about horror films and sci-fi and thrillers and things like that. And then a bunch of side podcasts as well, including television series podcasts, like we're doing a House of the Dragon podcast right now. We just wrapped up a She-Hulk uh, Attorney at Law podcast, uh, Westworld podcast. We just wrapped up earlier in the year. So uh, we got a lot of stuff going, and uh, people can uh, reach reach me uh, on Facebook, where uh, I'm 
uh, readily available, especially at the Dark Discussions Podcast Facebook group. Well, Philip, I want to thank you for coming on to my podcast again. Absolutely. I'm always uh, glad to join up, especially the the, ta- the end of the year list that, that we, you sometimes have me on. Those, those are always fun, but uh, it's always good to talk about conventions as well because uh, we're going to be covering these conventions and giving our feedback after uh, when we return. Yeah, speaking on those end of the year lists, it's going to be a very hot one this year. Yeah, it could be, could be, and we still have two two and a half months to go, so who knows what's coming up? Yeah, it's just with everything coming out and everything still to come, it's going to be an interesting list. Indeed, absolutely. Well, Philip, it was nice having you back on the podcast. As well to to talk to you too. And I'm looking forward to seeing you in person again. We just saw each other at Monster Expo, uh, and we're going to see each other again in, in a couple of weeks. And have a good day. All right, thank you. Hey guys, this is Stephen Christina. I'm the founder, owner, creator, and host of Super Retro Throwback Reviews. Are you looking for the best movie reviews, music reviews, video game reviews, and Comic-Con coverage all around? Well then look no further. Definitely check out Super Retro Throwback Reviews on YouTube and our new audio podcast, the new and improved Super Retro Throwback Reviews Audio Files version 2.0 on the following media distributors. Podbean, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. You'll find Anthony T's Power and Wrestling Show on these social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and Slasher app at Anthony T's Power and Wrestling and on Twitter at Anthony T's Power. You'll find new episodes on DocDiscussions.com, major podcast providers, and YouTube. What's Anthony T. watching this episode? Well, since we are sticking with the Rhode Island Comic Con theme and the fact that Marvel recently put out a horror-related product, yours truly is reviewing Werewolf by Night. Now, this film is directed by Michael Giacchino, who's mostly known as a composer. Never done a featured film before. In fact, he's done maybe a couple of short films, but he's well-known as a film composer. First of all, that is a very interesting choice here, to have a film composer direct a film. I know this is more of a small-scale, 53-minute film, but that is kind of an interesting choice to have a composer do it instead of, say, an up-and-coming director or someone who's familiar with the Marvel Universe. That's just interesting. When I looked his name up, I was just mind-blown that they let a film composer direct. Probably a key part of the Disney Plus Marvel programming. But I have to say his direction here was very good here with the Werewolf by Night. 
I liked how he really does a great job with the way he keeps the tension and the action moving. Everything had a fast-paced tone to it. As that 53 minutes, this film really flew by quick. He also made sure that he has action scenes that are intense, especially the big battle at the end of this film. I also like the fact that he also uses blood. This film does not shy away from blood like Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. As the blood effects are in black and white, which really made it also nice. Because I know they used red for the bloodstone in this film, but it was nice not to have red for the gore as it is trying to project a universal monster type feel and if he had used red for the gore scenes it would have defeated that purpose of making this film feel like something from the 20s 30s 40s and that's what this film was trying to do and i like that when directors and studios take risks this film really has some of it towards the end. You have basically a couple people also being disintegrated too. So this was something that I was surprised. I thought they would play this film safe, but they did not, which I liked. I also liked the look of this film. This had a very Universal Monsters type look to it, meshed in with a Sin City type vibe with the bloodstone color and everything. Liked it a lot, as it made this film feel unique for the majority of this film. The film also has a very good screenplay from Heather Quinn and Peter Cameron. I like how the screenplay does a very good job developing the bloodstone aspect of this film. I love how it develops the characters. I liked how this film had good action. I like how they keep their story moving forward. There's never any downtime. Especially when you have a short 53-minute film like this. You can't afford much downtime. Thankfully, this wasn't any downtime. As I was very interested into this film. As I've seen this film twice now... And I'm still was still interested in this film. I think it's a very good film, quite frankly. It's way better than the Doctor Strange film, that's for sure. It's the best thing that Marvel's put out this year. And the performances in this film were also very good. I thought both Gael, Garcia, Bernal, and Laura Donnelly were great in this film. The both of them had very good chemistry with each other, as I thought they both did a great job with their characters. It was one of the things that really was one of the highlights of this film was the acting in this film. As they really made sure the characters were down pat. They made sure that the chemistry between each other worked well. Because they're on screen together for most of the time in this film. And they did a great job with really making sure that their performances fit the tone of this film, and making sure that their performances stand out, because this is one of those films where 
you kind of also need the performances to be very good as well. Even though it's a Marvel film, you need performances. You can get away with Captain America, Doctor Strange, Iron Man, because those are action spectaculars. But for something that's supposed to look like the 30s or... feel like it's something that came out of the 40s and 50s. You need the film to be performance-driven as well because there's a lot of limitations that this type of film has. And the performances need to be very good. Their performances are just great in this film. If you have Disney+, Plus. And you're a fan of classic horror, you really need to check this film out. This is literally one of the best films I've seen all year. And this is kind of a surprise, too. Given the fact that this had like one month's hype before its premiere. Werewolf by Night is a great film that's driven by very comic book-like action Very good direction and great performances. I highly recommend you check out Werewolf by Night over on Disney+. Plus, As this is literally one of the best things I've seen all year horror-wise. Episode 86. I will be giving you my review of Rhode Island Comic Con. And I am hoping to get a guest also for episode 86. Episode 87 will be sale recommendations. As we have the boutique labels usually run sales on Black Friday. I will give you my recommendations on VS and possibly Severin films. As both of them usually run big sales. This will be the first time I do this. On the podcast. So definitely check out episode 87. But we're not getting ahead of ourselves here. As I've got Rhode Island Comic Con to go through first. For more information on Anthony T's Horror and Wrestling Show. You can go to Anthony T's Horror and Wrestling Show on Facebook, Instagram, in the Slasher app at Anthony T's Horror and Wrestling. We also have an official Facebook group, Anthony T's Horror and Wrestling Show Facebook group. I'm also on Twitter at Anthony T's Horror. I know I have to update that. I don't have much time at times updating that, but I will be updating that, obviously. Don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast if you like this podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and other major podcast providers. I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. Have a good day. Support indie wrestling and support indie horror.
This has been a Film Arcade Media production.